Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you at 106 in Edmonton. Second hour of Oilers now. First hour, we had Edmonton Oilers general manager Ken Holland and former Oiler and current Rogers Sportsman analyst Louis DeBrusque. Second hour of the show, uh, Derek Ryan. Uh, yesterday, obviously, we had Zach Hyman, Warren Fogle, Cody Ceci and Tyson Berry on the show. Derek Ryan signed just after we finished our five-hour on-air shift. Uh, so Derek Ryan will join us at 1.35. Uh, before then, we'll hook up with Kevin Weeks for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication solar, uh, Canadian Power Pack. We'll tell you the second hour of Orders Now is brought to you for the eighth consecutive year now by Digitex, who wish you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. To the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, we are pleased to be joined by Kevin Weeks. Hi, Kevin. How you doing? I'm good, Stoff. How are you doing, buddy? Hope all is well. Uh, it's going good. I think the Oilers uh, certainly upgraded on the wings by adding uh, Hyman and Fogle. Uh, and there's, you know, some of the fan base is disappointed. Edmonton traded Ethan Bear. Uh, they did bring back the highest-scoring defenseman in the NHL last year, Tyson Berry, uh, and then uh, signed Cody Ceci. So what I'm going to ask you to do is give me an overall assessment of the body of the Oilers' work. Overall, I'd say, you know, I'd probably, I'd probably give it a, a B plus. Certainly an A, if not A plus, with Zach Hyman. I love Hyman. Everything about his game, his motor. His, uh, his competitiveness, his ability to get in and be disruptive on the forecheck, be first back on the back check, win board battles, puck battles, and add to the mention to the team that, quite frankly, they don't really have. And you know, I think if you look at his ability to play, whether it be with Marner or Mitch Matthews or any of the elite players in Toronto and any of those players that I've spoken with, they talk about just how much he helps their line and how he, has, he helps set the tone for their line. So I think he's going to be a great addition. You know, Fogel's somebody that I always think when he's on his game, he too has a different dimension in terms of his size and his strength and ability to, to make some plays, to chip in offensively, but also to be 
heavy on the forecheck. I like that. Sometimes he leaves you wanting a little bit more, but I've been a fan of him, and I know that Rod Brindamore, my, my former teammate, thinks really highly of him during his time playing for him there in Carolina. And I would, I would then say being able to retain Tyson Berry is huge for the point that you just, you just made. The fact that Tyson Berry led the league in, in points by defenseman last year, generated a ton of offense for the Oil, and not only himself, but also helped facilitate offense for, for the likes of Leon and Connor and Taylor and those players, the, those skilled players up front, and Nuge, Nuge and Hopkins. You need that. I mean, that's huge. That's, that's huge for your power play, special teams, and even at, it even strength his ability to generate offense and beat a four-check. And lastly, I'd say, you know, re-signing Mike Smith, I thought was, was huge. Smitty had a huge year last year. He had a great year, although with a truncated season. But where they fall short for me is I thought they were going to make another move, and I thought they would have complimented Smitty with somebody else. Namely for me, Darcy Kemper, and not limited to. And since he played Red Deer and, you know, was an all-star with, yep. with Arizona, I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I thought that he would have been a part of it. Overall, I love what Kenny's done, but that's one – I thought that they were going to get an upgrade in gold, and they didn't. All right, so I'm going to throw it out there right now, Kevin. You make a valid point, and I'll throw it out to the listeners and see what they think. Um, mm-hmm. The Ultimately, Colorado gave up a first-round draft choice, uh, a decent defense prospect. I think we can agree on that, a guy that's played 37 games in the league, and a conditional mm-hmm. third. In Edmonton's case, they need to offload Koskinen because uh, obviously with Smith signing Correct. a two-year extension, he's back in the fold. He was their goalie during the playoffs. So Edmonton's first-round pick, in theory, if you're if you're Arizona, you're probably betting might be a higher pick overall than than Colorado's. Uh, but the Oilers were not trading Bouchard or Broberg, an eighth and tenth overall picks for for one year of Darcy Camper. So I want to know how Oilers fans would have responded if Edmonton would have traded a, a first. Uh, they would have had to have done better than Sam Marukov, because at this stage he's not a better prospect than the one that uh, Colorado gave up, and a third. So, like, we've already had people saying they shouldn't have done that, and of course, as you know, the cap played a factor in that as well. Yeah, so the, to that end, then I would have moved Koskinen the other way, because clearly Arizona's not planning to be as competitive this year. Right? So you can see, based on their strategy, young guys are going to get more minutes. They're going with a different strategy, so maybe you move Koskinen, even if you have to retain a little bit, and perhaps you do the first and the third. Here's my thing, is right now you want a goalie that can quasi-grow with the group, and maybe that's Stuart Skinner. You and I talked about him before. Maybe they end up getting somebody else that's young, but who knows? Do they ever swing a trade for Carter Hart? You and I talked about that as well. I don't know. Yeah. But what I do know is right now, when I look at this window and where Connor is, and where Leon is and, and Darnell and the key pieces of their group, I really think that if you were to add a Darcy Kemper, and even if you have to trade for him and sign him to an extension, even if it's a two- or three-year, but I, I thought that by adding a Darcy Kemper-type goalie to complement what Mike Smith brings to the table and brought to the table last year, on a night-to-night basis, you're not getting out goaltended. And that would have, you know, I really think that for Arizona – that would have at least been a lot more enticing to them. And then they might not have had to go out and get a Carter Hutton, for example. You know okay. what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, that's... Because I would... My, my response yeah. to you is when the trade got made by Colorado late yep, in the afternoon, yep. Yep. Arizona wasn't taking... I mean, they were taking a... Pro, you know, who's the prospect? Correct. Who's the D they got back in the deal? 
Yeah, they, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, they're not taking any money back. They're not taking any money back. So Koskinen's money to me at $4.5 million. Now, if you're saying that, you know, Edmonton had to have jumped ahead of them making the, the Carter Hutton signing and selling them on Koskinen, even if they ate a little bit of salary, I guess that's an argument can be made. I, I, I know for a fact Edmonton was – we all know the Oilers were in there wheeling. I'm just – I'm yeah. looking at it from Arizona's case. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Connor Timmons. Sorry Con- yeah, yeah, geez, I, I, I feel bad. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's a he is at this stage of the game a B a B grade defense prospect. Mm-hmm. So the Oilers have Sam Rukoff. He's a to me he's a B grade prospect, right? Like I look at Broberg, you look at Bouchard. Those are A grade prospects. Those are top ten overall picks. Timmons is a second rounder, um, third rounder for Sam Rukoff. But they're not taking like the the money end of it on the Koskinen side to me would have meant that Edmonton would have had to have given up more if they're including Koskinen mm-hmm. in the deal than Arizona. And I'm not sure, like for our listeners, would you have given up a first, a third, and Samarukov to get, uh, I, I guess, you know, and we don't know whether or not they would have taken Koskinen. My guess is they wouldn't right. So, but right. I get your point. It, it's a valid point, Kevin. Yeah, just with all the goalies that were on the move yesterday, right, like whether, it, I don't know who it would have been if it's not him, but that was probably the most active goalie market we've seen in the NHL for history sure. that I can remember. And in saying that, there were goalies to be had. So, of course, you know, in order to get something, you have to give up something or forego something, of course. But nonetheless, uh, I really feel that if the oil, look, with the additions that they have to what they already have in place with their group, if they were to say they added, let's even say Peter Morazic, or they added Jonathan Bernier, or any one of those goalies, even James Reimer, at a lower number for, for, for Rhymes. Another Red Deer guy, by the way, uh, playing Red Deer. Add James Reimer. Look at what San Jose got him for. Any one of those guys. I just would feel that going into this season, if you have an, an excellent tandem, and obviously Mike Smith being in that part of excellent by way of how he played last year, of course. But if you have an excellent tandem on a night-to-night basis, if you're the Oilers, because here's the thing. Let's look in the Pacific. All right, let's shake up the snow globe a little bit. Seattle's coming in. They went and got Grubauer. Thanks very much. They went and got Chris Drieger. Thank you very much. Vancouver has Patrick Demko, and now they add Halak, who, again, would have been a guy that the oil could have had. Yep. All right, so now you got those two guys in the Pacific. Let's go to Calgary. All right, they got Markstrom. They're good. They're good to go. They got Markstrom. Okay. Except he got outplayed uh, by Smith last year. He did, he did. But point being is that at least he, you know, he's a top end. You know, he's he's, a, top he's end a good star. goalie, absolutely. Yeah, you know what I mean? And, and, and that's a credit to Smitty at his age, like I said, for what Smitty's doing right now is beyond incredible. Okay, so, but just point being, like, you, you start looking around that Pacific, now now things shift a little bit because Flower's not there anymore. They trade Flower, but they have Robin. They bring in Lauren Brossois, who you know very well from the Oil Kings, right? Yep. Who played well in Winnipeg. So you start looking at that Pacific Division and who the goalies are, and you're like, hmm, okay, this, let's 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 see where we match up. And I I feel like there's room for improvement. Oh, there. there's no there's no quite like I didn't for think the they oil co- that could take them to the next level. That's my thought. Kevin, sorry for interrupting. I didn't think. No, no, come, I love it. Go ahead. I, I didn't think yeah, they'd come back with the same tandem, but I thought it was going to be difficult. I, th- I thought they'd look for options, but I thought it was going to be difficult because of the $4.5 million on Miko. And, you know, Koskinen was at nine seventeen the year before and then dropped to uh, eight ninety nine. What What's that? What about a buyout? 
Um, I got to take a look to see as to the status on their RFAs. Do they have a second buyout window? I think they might actually. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't know. I'm just saying that I look at what Kenny's doing, and I always give Kenny a lot of credit. I look at what Kenny's, what what he's doing there. So I look at the fact that Darnell's progression, we can't overlook Darnell becoming a Norris trophy conversation finalist type defenseman. His progression last year was massive. And then you point out what, what Tyson Berry did last year, right? So now your back end's a lot better than it had been. Schmidt was great last year. You know what you're getting from Connor and Leon. And now you have these additions. I, I just think if you can upgrade and goal along with Smitty, the Oilers could be a force this year. What's going on? All right, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Kevin Weeks, I'm going to ask you a couple tougher questions. What, what's, is Gorg, has Gorgiev asked for a trade out of New York? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what was reported. Georgiev has asked for a trade out of New York. He wants an opportunity to play more. I mean, there's, an, there's another example of a young goalie, and I've had a chance to see him play probably about 10 games so far in these last few years at Madison Square Garden. And the majority of the games I've watched, he's been excellent, especially a few against the Leafs. He like, stood on his head. Uh, he's very, very skilled, very talented, young goalie, a little bit of a different personality, but... For an undrafted guy, for what he's done so far, their goalie coach, Ben Waller, what Benny's done with him there, to get him not only to be an everyday NHLer, but to get him to the point he's gotten to now, I think is impressive. That's a, I'm glad that you asked me about him because there's somebody else that you might be able to fuck. All right. Well, uh, you'd have to do I like it. that one. Again, if you're getting yeah, Georgiev, like you have to find a home for Koskinen. There's an obvious one there. It's Buffalo. Um, right. But who knows if they want to spend any money, and that is part of it. Speaking of Gorgiev, uh, Ethan Bear got traded to Carolina. And, again, I brought my favorite Ethan Bear moment was when he squared up and went with Matthew Kachuk. I, 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 you know, he had a, a, a tremendous season in 1920 in the regular season, bit of a tougher year this year. Carolina's a team that does their homework. They're big in analytics. Uh, the Oilers get Fogel mm-hmm. back. Um, but speaking of Georgiev in Carolina, Anthony D'Angelo on a one-year deal. Like, you've got Rod Brindamore as a friend of yours. Do you think they can kind of rebuild D'Angelo a bit? You know, there's there's some people that didn't like some of his takes out there. Some people think he's a real acerbic personality. Others are like, hey, this is a highly productive offensive defenseman. I've got people that have texted the show that said they'd rather spend $4.5 million a year on Tyson Berry than a million bucks a year on Anthony D'Angelo. What's your take on what uh, Carolina elected to do there? I mean, they went on value, of course. No, no question. Same thing. I saw D'Angelo play quite a bit here in New York and, and, and saw his evolution as a player offensively. The last, his last year specifically, or really last two years, and, and saw where he was trending. Uh, now some of the off-ice stuff became challenging and problematic, and he needs to continue to mature. Yep. But look, if you're playing for Rod Brindamore and that Carolina Hurricanes team that's so culture-driven, if you can't mature under those guys, you can't mature under anybody. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like that's, that is probably the best culture shaper as a coach, along with John Cooper in Tampa right now in our league. And I don't say that lightly because I saw it firsthand when I played with Roddy. Like, he does everything, everything to the T. Every rep in the gym, every stretching, ice bath, hot tub, you name it, protein shake, nutrition, every single thing is beyond off the charts. And more importantly, his, his ability to treat people well and, and respectfully, but exemplify that example that he's looking for, right? Out of his, his players, his, his coaching staff, his trainers, everybody. And I really feel like that's infectious. Keep in mind, remember when Dougie Hamilton went to Carolina too, 
there were some people in Calgary that were like, oh, we don't really know, and then some people in Boston. And Dougie Hamilton, to his credit, he really flourished in Carolina, and he really matured, and he was very, very beloved there from speaking to different people in the organization. And he really took a lot of steps forward in his personal development as a young man and as a person. So there's that opportunity there for Tony D'Angelo if he wants it. But he can't go in there thinking that he knows everything, he knows all. You know, there can't be blinders and earmuffs on. If I'm him, I go in there as a sponge and, hey, the great Roddy Brindamore, I'm like, hey, coach, what could you show me? What could you teach me? Well, how can I be better? Where can I be better? I'm just going to be a sponge and try to uh, try to absorb as much as you have to teach me. That's what I would That's what I would do if I were him. You know, just on Brindamore, I'm going to ask you, is he the best player that's coaching now? Is there anybody else that was a better player than him? No. I mean, think about the respect no, he, he had. Like, guys are like, this yeah. guy was a pretty good player. And then... He's a Hall of Famer for me. He hasn't been named yet. I don't know what they're waiting for, but for me, he's a Hall of Famer. And then he's lucky. still... I mean, he totally keeps... All that stuff you said, protein shakes, working out, ice baths, that's all stuff I stopped doing when I was 22, which would explain the four chins, Kevin. So, but but no, like it's, it's, it's pretty, I would think it's pretty easy for, and the other thing is the temperament. You know, he seems yeah. like, you know, he's a supportive guy, and this is not an era of breaking people down and building them up. Those sort of games that generations of coaches grew up watching and, you know, I mean, you'd hear stuff about Scotty Bowman in Montreal, and that's one of the best teams of all time in the mid to late 70s, and how he sort of kept that team a little bit unnerved at times. And I just, to me, that's counterproductive to getting the most out of people today. You know what I mean? So I yeah, can, no to- no I can to- yeah. totally see both D'Angelo and Bear having success. Which team for you, Kevin, had the best free agency period? There's so much to go over it, and, and so much of it is still moving. Man, oh man, how about I phrase the moves individually? Okay, so let's let's look at let's look right now at what at what Tampa's done. I like what Tampa's done because they bring in some more support pieces, and people are going to say, "Oh, weekly, these are not huge deals," and they're not, but they're very key complementary deals. You bring in Brian Elliott, a respected guy who's had a really good career in behind Bass Lefty because they needed to replace Curtis McElhinney. You also add Pierre Edward Belmar, consummate pro, outstanding fourth-line guy, sometimes third, but fourth-line guy on the penalty kill. Right? You also then continue, you're able to re-sign Braden Point, your own guy, which is huge and smart and prudent. Uh, don't forget they added that contract to Seabrook that's given them some more flexibility. And also, as I broke today earlier on Twitter, the news I broke was that they signed Corey Perry to right. a two-year deal at one at a million a year. Like I like those subtle moves. They're not huge. Those moves aren't huge by any stretch, but but I like them. I like what St. Louis has also done in terms of getting uh, in terms of getting Brandon Saad and Bushnevich. I like those two ads. I think those are two good top six roll forwards that are going to complement compliment rather St. Louis and elevate, elevate them beyond where they were last year. It was a disappointing year for them. Those are some of the moves I like. Well, how about Seattle? Let's give Seattle a I knew you were going to go to Seattle. I have to. Like, look, I was texting there. Okay. 
So <laughs> Alan Wong, Alan Wong, the agent for, for, for Grubauer, I've been telling Al, I'm like, Al, make sure, Al, let me know. Al, what's going on? Al, what's up? Al, talk to me. And finally, I got a little bit. He gave me some little breadcrumbs that he gave me, some dry breadcrumbs that he gave me, which is when I broke that. It looked as though he was going to Seattle. And I, he really just felt to Seattle. Like, I thought all along after being out in Seattle for four days last year during the expansion draft and speaking to their ownership and their brain trust and their management, I thought they were going to make a play on Terry Price. If not him, I thought they were going to get at least Jonathan Quick. Yeah. And they didn't. And they end up, they end up pouncing on, uh, on, on Grubauer. And plus they have Drieger, who they got in the expansion draft and signed to an, signed to an extension too. So these are just some of the moves that I like. As far as characterizing it by club, it's going to be tough to do because some of these are ever-evolving. How about Chicago? You guys know Caleb Jones. You get Caleb, you get his brother Seth, and now you trade for Marc-Andre Fleury too? Like, impressive. It's a great deal. If Starting Fle- to make moves there. Is there any way Fleury doesn't play? Ooh, I spoke with the Dayton Allen Walsh yesterday. I spoke to the Vegas Golden Knights yesterday and Kelly McCrimmon. Obviously, there's some some bad blood between the two sides right now based on everything, but uh, I'll put it that way. Is there a chance that he doesn't play? All I know is what I've been told is he's going to spend time. He's super disappointed. He's going to spend time with his family and his wife and his daughters who are visibly upset and really upset for what I'm told, and he'll come to that decision. They'll come to that decision as a family. That's what I could share. Kevin, you did a great job on the uh, NHL show out of the expansion show to Seattle last week. We missed having you on the show because of a travel day, but we're appreciative that you joined us on today's edition of Oilers Now. And have a good weekend, my man. Thanks so much. Stop. Appreciate you. And thanks to all the fans of Berta. Probably end up seeing you sooner rather than later. There you go. That is Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network for our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication, and solar Canadian Power Pack. We'll step out for 90 seconds, come back with the Oilers Now injury report for James H. Brown. 128 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, We'll get to the injury report a little bit later on. This text comes in. I respectfully disagree with the position that the Oilers have a goaltending pressure issue. Oilers have Koskinen, which uh, could gain his form back. Skinner can pop. They have Stalock. This is uh, more on tippet for not every try, not ever trying uh, new goalies uh, over Koskinen. So we have three goaltenders that might be fine or even good. Why buy out or waste a first rounder uh, for a guy in Kemper who could still be a question mark because of his injury history? Hmm. That is a perspective out there. Epstein's mother has texted us and said, Stoffer, you mentioned Ryan Murray. What about Brendan Smith? And you mentioned via Twitter, left wing. Hmm. Oh, Brendan Smith's a different defenseman than Ryan Murray. A left shot versus right shot. Smith's tougher. Smith can play the wing as well. Um, a left wing. The one guy that's out there, people have mentioned it before, Nick Ritchie didn't get qualified. It all depends on price point. I'm going to assume Ritchie can get one and a half. I'm going to assume Ryan Murray's probably a mid. I mean, Ryan Murray made $4.6 million last year. I don't know. We'll see. See what ends up happening. We'll head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back, Derek Ryan, the newest member of the Edmonton Oilers on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.